Quiet on set. Rolling. Action. Action. Hello. Hello. Welcome back to another episode of Encut, and welcome back to another movie review. Today, we're talking about The Black Phone, this film that was famous because of its book and then became famous because of its movie, and its amazing thriller, murder, mystery, trauma... Trauma. Stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, speaking of the book, I... If any of you have ever read it, let us know what you think about it. I personally bought the book. I just mm. haven't had a chance to actually get to read it. Um, so I'm curious to see what you guys think uh, about the comparison. If you think the book was better, if you think the movie was better, I'd love to hear your opinions. But without further ado, let's get into what this movie was about. So it originally... Quick disclaimer, if you hear oh. any loud noises, <laughs> it's early in the day and my family is still on the ball and they're being loud. Ish. So just, just, yeah. Yeah, so this movie came out on June 24th. It was directed by Scott Derrickson, um, distributed by Universal Pictures. It said it got $150 million at the box office, which is pretty good. And the original book was written by Joe Hill, in case you want to know the original author. Um, so this movie stars Ethan Hawke as mm-hmm. our grabber that's what this guy the main villain is called and then we have our main character finney played by mason thames um his friend robin played by miguel cazarez uh another kid we've got a lot of kids here but finney's younger sister gwen is played by madeline mcgraw um and yeah i think those are the main names we also have the grabber's brother who makes like a brief appearance towards the end Mm -hmm. uh, max and that is played by james ranson so without further ado let's get into what this movie is about so i have a quick little plot summary that i found from imdb that i think goes into some really Good details. Sure. Um, so it says, in 1978 in Denver, the siblings Finney and Gwen Blake live with his widower, alcoholic father, Terrence. They miss their mother, who had psychic abilities and committed suicide. Finney is bullied at school by three mates, but his friend Robin defends him. When a child abductor known as the Grabber kidnaps a boy named Bruce, Gwen has a dream and mentions reference to black balloons, unknown by the public. Detective mm-hmm. Wright and Miller come to the school to interview Gwen, but they do not believe in her statement. But when Finney is abducted by the Grabber, he is locked in a soundproof basement and learns that the black phone on the wall is disconnected. But out of the blue, Finney receives phone calls from the beyond. Now, I think this is... I mean, the movie is good from the get-go anyways. Mm-hmm. But I think this is the point at what the mo- in which the movie actually starts being really, really good. Yeah. Uh, because he starts interacting with people that were also victims of the grabber. Mm-hmm. And they're helping him in different ways. And at some points, it might seem like this is not really helping because he couldn't actually escape mm-hmm. by doing this. But it helps afterwards when he yeah. has to finally escape. I don't know about you, but when I watched the trailer, I was under the assumption that this was going to be... Horror. I knew there might be like a few supernatural elements, um, but I knew that I thought there was going to be like a lot of jump scares, a lot of mm-hmm. terror. There were a couple. Um, there was a couple, but it was definitely more true crime mm-hmm. focused than on the ghosts. It's like the the ghosts that he was able to speak to were not scary ghosts. Yeah, sometimes they had a jump scare too, They're but like they Ga- weren't Casper. Yeah. They were just trying to help him. And they were all trying to help him in ways that they personally tried to escape. As well as giving him pointers like, hey, like, don't go up the stairs. Or he's doing this on purpose. Mm 
um, or that sort of Which thing. Which actually like, saved his life. It saved his life all around. And so while some of the ideas that they had to escape didn't necessarily work, it kept him alive, mm-hmm. which was one of the most important parts. This is staying alive as much as possible. And then we have this side plot with the sister for having psychic abilities, which I don't think I really got from the trailer. Um, yeah. But it's it's not one of those things where like, like the suspense of disbelief or something like that. Like It doesn't seem like oh, this couldn't have happened. Mm-hmm. Um, again, it's not really focused on the supernatural elements of it, but she very clearly has this sort she of She dreams about it. Connection. And it's actually established that their mom could also mm-hmm. do this kind of stuff because the dad is always like, you're not your mom, you cannot do this. Exactly. Uh, dream action mm-hmm. that you see things that actually happen. Um, so that's like a big part of the plot in how the dad is not like supportive mm-hmm. and it's also kind of aggressive throughout the movie aggressive but then at times you can sort of understand why he's like mm-hmm. that because as stated the mom committed suicide and it seemed like he mentioned something about things getting really bad with the mom maybe she was behaving differently behaving poorly mm-hmm. and maybe he saw those abilities kind of wear her down to the point where she felt like she needed to commit suicide so potentially he was acting more out of fear because you can tell at the end that he genuinely loves both Finny and Gwen. He's so mm-hmm. happy when Finny yeah. is found. He doesn't blame Finny for and getting kidnapped at all. he's apologizing. He's apologizing profusely. I think he was just scared of them ending up like their mom. But mm-hmm. I think... Because he did mention, hard. like, this is... Your mom ended up like this because of what she mm-hmm. was going through. So he didn't want his kids to go through mm-hmm. the same stuff. But then knowing that Gwen was actually helping to mm-hmm. find Finny, I think that's when a lot of things changed for him. Um, it makes... I love the setting. I think it fits perfectly within mm-hmm. that setting. We've always heard that, like, the 70s and the 80s and whatnot were, like, perfect for serial killers. Obviously, there's the bike stuff. <laughs> bike they go stuff. Bikes. Yeah. So, it fits it perfectly. And the way that the kidnapping sequence went about mm-hmm. is actually something that I've been told... Of, like, do not help a stranger when you're walking by yourself. Mm. Or do not help them load something into their car if you're alone and you're a kid. Because why would they ask a kid for help if yeah. they're not going to do that? Um, the balloon thing was kind of interesting. Uh, at times, I was, like, finny. Like, it was, what? More, <laughs> it was more like a staple for him. Yeah. Because many many killers, mm-hmm. like the Zodiac Killer, I believe, will leave notes and things like that. Mm-hmm. So I think his staple was... I throw balloons whenever balloons I do it. where the kidnapping actually yeah. happened, yeah. But th- so there was times where I was just like, Finny, I know that... You can tell that Finny's alert is up, but he's mm-hmm. not acting on that. And I think that is like a good message to us as the audience. Act on the things that you know are weird or suspicious. Yeah. If a guy pulls up in a dark van next to you, maybe you should start going away maybe you shouldn't entertain that now at the all. thing is back in the 70s i don't think it was a known thing that uh, kidnappers were in black bands i think right now it's almost a meme yeah which if you see a black band it's like oh no i'm gonna be kidnapped mm-hmm. well that's back actually in more the day. like a white van but <laughs> well both either yeah. or honestly mm-hmm. but uh, back then i don't think it was the same the same thing because the internet wasn't around so exactly. they wouldn't even be able to know so i, I remember my mom mentioning like, what her childhood was like growing up, um, specifically in the 70s and 80s. And she was like, like you know, like, you just you kept your doors unlocked. You, mm-hmm. you were able to go down to the store by yourself at six years old. Like, there was just not... 
nearly as much of a concern for the kids' safety. And so I think it took a lot of kids ending up in yeah. very bad situations for people to be like, oh, maybe I should be a significantly more helicopter parent than I was before because bad people are literally everywhere. Uh, it doesn't matter what age you are at all, mm. but in this scenario, at least keep an eye on your kids. Now, one kids. of the things that was pretty interesting is that the brother of the grabber was actually, he was just visiting. He was mm-hmm. there for the weekend or something like that. He was actually trying to solve the mystery of who the grabber was yeah. while his brother was in the other room next door. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had all the posted notes, all the information about where they were kidnapped. Like, he was, like, actively, like, oh, you guys have the police, you're asking mm-hmm. about it? Like, I'd love to help out? Like, and he was, like, really into it. But now, he had no idea that Can his I go was on that. to the, the ending and what we discover about the house? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So at the at the very end, the sister sees in her dream her brother get um, getting out of this house and calls to the police and is like, "This is the house. I know he's there. Go in there." What happens is amazing because the police goes into that house, which is empty mm-hmm. to begin with, and start finding nothing pretty much. Mm-hmm. And towards the end of uh, their search, they actually find a secret door. That leads them to the basement, uh, and I believe that might have been actually the same house with the um, where the brother met with the police initially, um, and when they went to the basement, there was not what we had been seeing throughout the entire movie. It was actually the bodies of the other kids that were yeah. killed, that were put mm-hmm. in that basement. Because you think throughout the whole movie that, that that Finny is being held in this one house that mm-hmm. Gwen is also seeing the outside of. But the whole thing is that the grabber owns both of these houses, one across from the yeah. other. He kills the kid in his normal house in the basement and, puts and then the puts their one. body and buries them at this vacant house across the street. So that was like the biggest reveal because it's at the most intense part of the film mm-hmm. when Finney is actively trying, trying to, escape. to escape slash killing the grabber for mm-hmm. um, kidnapping him. Um, and so you think the police are going to walk in on him killing him um but instead the police find the graves of all the boys that the grabber has taken and then you see finney wait wait, wait. before that so the whole escape how it went down is started Mm -hmm. by the brother of the grabber finding out that his brother was the killer yeah and going down to the basement finding yet again his other secret door to the basement Mm -hmm. Uh, he goes down there and he's like don't worry i'm gonna save you here comes the grabber behind him Axes came in the head, kills came. One of the there. most insane kills. I gasped yes. loudly when that, that was happened. That was actually really crazy. And yeah. then he brings the dogs down, mm-hmm. but then Finn actually has all of these different things that he had, uh, for example, carved out the floor, mm-hmm. uh, and he had gotten, I think it was like uh, meat from a refrigerator that he carved out. He a, also a door took to. the phone. And packed it yes. with dirt, I believe, and was able to make that into like a makeshift weapon to that he actually practiced with mm-hmm. uh, because one of the helpers, his actual friend in real Robin. life when he mm-hmm. was alive, uh, taught him how to yeah. actually fight with that phone. He was like step, step, step back, punch, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so he started using these things to his advantage, and when the grabber tried to kill him, he fell on the hole that he had carved out. Through and killed him with the mm-hmm. phone while he was on the floor. 
Yeah. And then through the meat, so the dogs will go the other way and will then kill him. And that's when, we, when he walks out of the house. It's just, I thought it was really well done because I... I remember seeing an interview with um, Jordan Peele just the other day, actually, where he was talking about how the way you build up a horror movie is you give them all of this suspense, mm-hmm. and then at the very end is when you, you have that climactic moment, you reveal the monster. So I think this movie did really good job of building in all the suspense where you're meeting all these ghost children um, that are giving him all these different ideas. And then at the very end, he uses all of those ideas, mm. sort of like... This one big collection of just anger and rage and technique to kill him at the end. And what was really well done, too, was that all of the the phrases that the kids have been saying to Finney this entire time gets repeated yep. to the grabber oh, at the end. Insane. Where it's almost like they were saying the words to the grabber the whole time. Because mm-hmm. it said that the grabber could, you know, hear the phone, the black phone in the basement ringing. Yeah. He just didn't want to believe it. But really, I think a lot of that had is like his guilty conscience mm-hmm. creeping back up on him. The ghosts of the kids that he murdered creeping back up on him to then end his life at the end. I just think it was a really well done. Mm-hmm. I mean, because th- throughout the entire movie, we actually, I mean, yeah, he kidnapped the kids. But mm-hmm. other than that, he hadn't done really much anything uh, to show us how bad he could be. He we never just... saw the kids being murdered. We never saw he never punished Feeney. violence in no. that sense i mean you saw the ghost children and so you could assume yeah, that sure. something bad happened you could see their wounds or they could somewhat describe how mm-hmm. they died but i think that's what made the movie even scarier too is because your mind you is happen. just gonna think of all the different ways these poor kids could have been killed because mm-hmm. his whole thing is too. that he wanted to punish bad kids mm-hmm. so he was waiting for them to try to escape which in his head will be bad behavior to then punish them, a.k.a. Yeah. kill them. Mm-hmm. But throughout the entire movie, he was just giving them food and giving them soda and leaving the door halfway open so he could escape and then punish him. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a game. And that's what sets him up. It was a game for him. Yeah. Which is really mind-bending. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, overall, I really liked this movie. I I was super scared going into it. Uh, like I, I think you noticed mm-hmm. I was like oh I don't want to see this movie I'm scared um, but I ended up really enjoying it it wasn't nearly as horrifying mm-hmm. it was definitely like it satisfied Tense. the true crime yeah. forensic <laughs> file thing that you get you know um, but yeah, yeah you were earlier today you were, you were about to mention how at the end Finn walks out of the house mm-hmm. And he sees his sister across the street and the police coming out of the house in front of him. Mm -hmm. And then they hug and he's like, what? And he starts telling them. And yeah, I think it's great. Great ending for sure. I really liked it. I mean, I know it's, it can be hard at times to know that the majority of the film is happening in a basement, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but I promise you it was still a really enjoyable watch. Mm -hmm. I felt very concerned for Finney. Um, (laughs) Want to go into reviews? Yeah. So this first one I have is from RogerEbert.com. Um, it's not like loading probably, so I can't see how many stars <laughs> the, they gave it. Let me see. Now, I think initially this movie had a 100% Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, when it down. first came out. Yeah. It's gone down to like mm-hmm. 89 or something like that, which is still pretty good. Mm-hmm. But initially, I believe it had 100%. And they were actually trying to... Um, like, at advertise themselves uh, based mm-hmm. on that fact. Yeah. 
So it says here, stylistically, the film is nostalgic, reminiscent of vintage photographs in the era of striped baby tees, flared jeans, and the Ramones. Hmm. Warm browns and oranges, film grain, and filtered light flood the screen. But this idyllic 70s suburbia is corrupted by Derrickson's horror. The only interruption of the otherwise consistent color scheme is the vibrancy of blood and the neon of police lights, making these moments all the more jarring. The weathered concrete of the basement is painted with brush strokes of rust and blood, an evidential mural of violence unfettered. The upbeat 70s soundtrack is interrupted by a bassy, resonant score that reverberates in your ribs, sinks into your eardrums, and at times sounds like you're hearing it from underground in the grabber's <laughs> basement. The film's opening credits flash through nostalgic B-roll of the... Halcyon? Okay, I don't know how to say that. <laughs> Everyday occurrences of suburban youth, popsicles, baseball games, and sunny avenues, only to be interlaced with the vision of bloody knees and stacks of missing persons posters. The, juxtaposition. the juxtaposition of calm and collection being face forward while violence festers underneath is not only stylistic but thematic. Um, it goes on to say... Derrickson and Cargill crafted a nuanced multi-layer narrative that takes horror elements and supports them with a tentative discussion of cycles of abuse, trauma, and the bond of youth. Hawk's grabber is characterized by a personality reversal. His faux jolly disposition flaunts animated mannerisms and a high-pitched voice. It's eerily childlike, hitching itself to a suggestion of trauma-based age regression behavior and juxtaposing with the adult-like profanity and maturity with which the kids speak. But this zany harlequin act is fleeting, leaving Finney at the mercy of a total change, a husky deep tone, a, f a voice, and unforgiving violent demeanor. I really liked Ethan Hawke in this film. I mm -hmm. think he did amazing with that. And yeah, he you you almost feel like you're on walking on eggshells when he's on the screen because you yeah. even though his mask changes, I think like three to four times, you still never know if he's like happy sad mm -hmm. manipulating you lying to your face it was amazing um though he was hesitant to play a villain hawk more than succeeds and the emotional dramatic acting that laid the, for, the foundation for his celebrity translates perfectly to an adversarial role yeah I you said that like he was that. hesitant to play a villain apparently which is interesting because now mm -hmm. he actually played the villain in moon knight which oh yeah, mm -hmm. they mentioned that earlier in this review that was as well. Another great job for him. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so it says finally, um, the gore is secondary to the story, with character development taking first string. But by no means does the film neglect to thrill. Rather, it's your care for Finney and the intensity of the film's skillfully crafted crafted suspense that draws your knees to your chest and your nails to your teeth. I love that. I yeah. totally agree. It was really great. But the second one from the Rolling Stone that I have here oh. says, Who wants a lazy serial killer thriller? Wow. Ethan Hawke gets to play ultra creepy in this 1970s throwback horror film, but everything else makes you want to call 911 on this missed opportunity. That's how what? it's titled. Let me find. I was about to say, it's really hard, hard to hate on it, but <sighs> I don't know. <laughs> I think the better you are, mm -hmm. the more haters you're gonna have <laughs> i mean yeah i get it so the premise is reasonably clever and gripping it comes from a short story by joe hill son son of stephen king no wonder hmm. no wonder this is a good film the son of Stephen King wrote it. Okay, that makes so much sense. Um, but any viewer up on their tales of missing kids and deceptively idyllic small-town America could be forgiven for mistaking this real place for one of King's haunted main burgs. Mean bullies, abusive, and neglective grown-ups, tween losers racing away on their bicycles. It's all very dairy. 
you know, for it. <laughs> um, in fact, the movie often plays like another Stranger Things dilution, watering down the paperback yeah. thrills of literature's reigning master of horror into an inferior throwback substitution. Do we mention that the grabber lures his play with a bundle of black balloons? <laughs> Hill, to his credit, doesn't offer quite so many blatant nods to his father's work. Um, it goes into talking about different things in the book... Um, the black phone, which similarly steers into the occasional 8mm stock detour, only gets a few drops of genuine suspense from its familiar conceit. The ending is an easy layup, all but guaranteed to inspire applause, but it could have really killed if the grabber's gauntlet of terror well grabbed as harder throughout. Let me read that sentence again. I don't feel like I even understand that sentence. The ending is an easy layup, all but guaranteed to inspire applause, but it could have really killed if the grabber's gauntlet of terror, well, grabbed us harder than throughout. Okay, I guess that makes more sense. Mm -hmm. Um, The guy's an eerie mask in search of a bonafide bogeyman. He's no more genuinely unsettling than what you'd find lining the strip mall shelves of a spirit Halloween, and to pull back the film's own pencil, Pennywiseian mask (laughs) of derivative fright-making is to find nothing much underneath. Basically, they were bored. (laughs) I don't know. They were bored. I still... I mean, I agree. The ending is very much, like, applause-worthy. But I still thought it was great. I don't know. I really enjoyed it. I was pleasantly surprised. It was... It wasn't nearly as scary as I thought it was, like I said. But I still really enjoyed it overall. Yeah. What about you? I mean... Should we go into how many... Clapping boards? Yeah. Sure. How much do you give it? 4.7. Ooh, why? I think it's a horror movie. I want to call it horror. Thriller, suspense movie that I will mm-hmm. watch over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. I will watch it right now, right this second. I would. <laughs> um, and I will watch it again tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Honestly, it's such a good movie. And I think there's a lot that you can explore and a lot that you can understand after seeing it for a second time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's just great. That's good. I would give it... I think I would give it like a 4.5. Hmm. I really liked it. Again, I I enjoyed the true crime nature of it. I think I would... I would watch it again to see if I missed any other mm-hmm. clue. Um, and I think it will be interesting to see it now that you know what happens. Kind of how it ends, yeah. Because, I mean, I loved all the ghost parts. I thought that, that was really well mm-hmm. done. I liked... I like how you never know which idea is going to get him killed mm-hmm. and which idea could actually help him succeed in escaping. <laughs> um, it's just, I, I just really enjoy stories that are, that bring all the details together at the very end. No character is unimportant. Yeah. Um, so that's, I think, what I really enjoyed about this overall. Yeah. So a 4.6 overall in between the two of us. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it's definitely deserving of it. Yeah. I like it a lot. It was great. I recommend you all watching it if you haven't already. I'm assuming it'll be on streaming platforms soon enough. I think enough. it's going to be in HBO eventually. Yeah. Maybe. Is it like a Warner that. Bros? No, it's, I think it was Universal. Okay, then no. Either way, it came out in June. It's now August. It should definitely be on some streaming platform soon. if you haven't seen it already. Um, it potentially could still be in theaters for mm-hmm. all I know, but definitely try to watch it when you can. Yeah. Well, anything else? I feel pretty good. I recommend it. If you like true crime, I think this will be perfect for you. Um, if you don't, then at least stay for the ghosts because those are really If you don't cool. like true crime, I think it still be perfect for yeah, you. Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you so much for being here one more time with us in another episode of Inca. And, and we'll see you later on this week. Inca. Inca.